That'd be quite expensive though. It looks like the the colour and whatever is probably special, wouldn't it? Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm recording now um, on my garage band. Okay, cool. so you had suggested as a topic communities of practice. So a group of yeah. people who share an interest. The group may evolve naturally because of the members' common interest in a particular topic. Okay. All right. What's situated learning then? And that's the book that quote comes from, the not in one book. In terms, okay. uh, so I buy, but people just refer to it um, a little bit later on. I think the, the Wagner. Um, so the the quote, quote that later. you, yeah, which was education must begin with the solution of the student teacher contradiction by reconciling the poles of the contradiction so that both are simultaneously teachers and students. Yeah, I thought that was really good. That quote, uh, it really got me thinking. You know, yeah, 1970. The, I know, I know. And it's we're still not really, you know, we still haven't really got to that point. Right. I mean, right. for me, one of the things about the School of Design was like everyone's supposed to learn from everybody. So um, this afternoon, I, you know, I was in the car park, as I normally am. Uh, that was about one o'clock ish or something. And I put you in touch with Steve and I could just see while I was writing my my phone was pinging and I could see you and him chatting away uh, and hating VC together, Correct. <laughs> hating VC funding together. And I was like, you guys are going to get on like a house on fire. Um, and for me, that's like the benefit of being in the community. Yes, I think the you know, one like, thing I- I tell you the one thing that I would like, and I, and I've sort of tried to do it at, w- at work, but it hasn't quite come off yet. And they did it at Make Aversity. I think this is really important. Is that like what I want? So at Make Aversity, I don't know if you've been there, but basically, no, what's you go, Make Aversity? So Make Aversity is situated in Somerset House, and it's basically a, a bunch of um, spaces that, that makers can basically inhabit, and they sort of have a shared resources in terms of like three D printers and. You know, like basically, effectively, like an art school, fine art space, but for sort of small startups and stuff. Okay. So the, the company made, that made the game uh, Beasts of Balance, which was like an augmented reality and stacking game, they mm-hmm. were based there before they got um. Well, before they got bought by Nedantic and Pokemon Go, and they're now I think they are now Nedantic London. Um, so okay. it's kind of like incubator space, but a bit more sort of maker. Based, which is called, why it's called Makerversity. It's a play on the maker and university, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but when you go in to obviously have you been? House, it's called, have you yeah, physically yeah. been? To yeah, yeah. Um, so when you go in, um, you basically you get a tour of all the different little studios, and they can tell you, you know, some of them will tell you what they're doing or whatever, and some things are a bit secret. And I think when I last went there, and it's probably no longer a secret, but there was certainly I could see different types of beasts of balance characters and things that i that were not in the box i was like oh there must be new okay. stuff coming um but they basically when you go in the entrance they have this they have a maker wall and on the wall is a little picture of the people who are in that studio and a bit about what they're interested in and what they kind of do and so you can quickly sort of scan this wall and be like oh okay i need to talk to uh, you know jane or john or whoever because they're interested in those things so so i try to replicate that at, at winter school of art in our studios um, uh-huh. but I bought all the bits like a thing to hang on the wall I bought all the little things to hang off and it was like kind of like um, almost like the luggage tags was kind of how they did it and I was just going to do sort of you know a version of that anyway sort of by the time I managed to sort of get anywhere close to getting that sorted lockdown was probably a pit on the horizon the first one um, 
so we didn't get done but we sort of did an electronic one where i got all the students to basically put in you know who their na little photo their name what they're interested in and what they think their skill set is you know so mm -hmm. and uh so you can sort of identify people and go oh they're interested in you know design thinking or that they're interested in 3d modeling and whatever so what i thought was so what often is with a community of practice is what you want to know is like and this is the big difference about it is that you are you're all in the same sort of field but you're generating different types of outcomes and that's the same yeah. touch mm -hmm. i think last week in, in terms of the difference between collaboration and co-creation whereas co-creation tends to be about working together and i think those two things go hand in hand a community of practice co-creating lots of things and because you're in that space i can make my thing you can make your thing we're not collaborating in the sense that we're not building the same things but we're using that yeah. that space but you want to find out who the people are um and so i think what you the thing that we, the school of design needs next i reckon is one of those makeup like boards okay so we need a board i reckon because you like okay. you've got the like on the introductions channel in slack I sort of went back on that and scrubbing through just to see who was who. And I was thinking, oh, if, I, if this was like in one board or, you know, a notion yeah. or whatever, or a node noggin or who, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, then you could quickly go, oh, okay. You know, Chris says, talk to this guy. Why do I, you know, why should I talk to this guy? And then you've got the, the thing that tells you like what he's interested, which I thought was, it's a really quick way of unlocking stuff, isn't it? Rather than doing a Google or, because that's yeah, kind of the first yeah, thing yeah. you normally do, isn't it? Like, who's that person? I'm going to Google them and see what comes up. And if they've got a a, a name that lots of people have, you're in trouble because you then have to find a additional word that clarifies that you don't mean John Smith the butcher, you mean John Smith the designer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's an interesting idea. I mean, I was chatting to one of the people who I was kind of doing some mentoring this afternoon, um, and he'd he'd pushed out. It's a, cu a couple, um, a man and a woman, and they're working together. Uh, Jonathan and Sandra. They're they're usually on the Thursday night sessions that we run. Um, and I was talking to Jonathan this afternoon, and they were going to launch their business this year, and they sort of pushed it out a bit a lot further and i said i think that's actually where i am now was, everything's taking a lot longer than i anticipated plus i'll be honest with you i found this week really difficult with the pandemic um i mean i phoned my doctor yesterday and got some well, i got my antidepressants bumped up Double just up. because yeah i don't know if i told you that um, but i'm just real struggling at the minute i'm just finding the lack of um structure the lack of routine the lack of like going in in the morning to somewhere, you know, I used to be actually partly because I was a secret smoker. I used to get up at like six o'clock and go down and get the first bus in the morning because that was the only way I could get out of the house and get out of fag. Um, <laughs> so I would get up and say, right, I'm off early. And then I'd probably have about 10 cigarettes down by the bus while I was waiting for the bus to come. And obviously I don't smoke anymore so that I don't do that. But I've gone from being someone who got up early, went down to work, got two hours worth of stuff done before anybody came in you know, yeah, super yeah. productive, then had a bit of a laugh during the day, met lots of people as, as you know, whether it was in Belfast School of Art or in Ormo Baths, there was, those are cultural, yeah, those yeah. are kind of cultural spaces where people talk and connect, etc. And I found with the lockdown just, oh God, it's really challenging, you know, that yeah. none of that exists. And it's not really being replicated with this digital thing. No. Uh, no, I don't think it is. But I think there's two. I mean, there is two things I've been thinking about that in terms of like, um, there's obviously it's not really replicated in the digital space, and that's why I think we're seeing these sort of these other types of tools arriving because they're trying to do different things. Um, 
and some of them are crossing like you know all those things where they've got notes that are spatialized they've got video and all kinds of stuff so i think it's starting to come together but um i think the other thing generally is that um that has probably accelerated that work which is cool because that's the kind of thing yeah. that i'm interested in so that's good but um definitely i think it would have come anyway but it would have been a lot slower because yeah, people, yeah, there yeah. wouldn't have been such a realization the other thing we've realized is that um that mainly generally sort of teaching and doing stuff online isn't the golden ticket to everything is it like there's some people who probably prior to this were like well, everything online it's amazing blah 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 and actually we found a lot of it is just rubbish <laughs> and it doesn't work you know and it's like no it's not like we need a mixed yeah. mixture of things and so if but if there was that balance where you could actually go out and talk to people and whatever you could kind of get a balance but the problem is if you, you can't well we can't go out <laughs> really so imagine imagine a scenario sorry to interrupt you but no, i'm no, just going to want to capture something really quickly imagine a scenario where next year 2022 we're out of the pandemic yeah. okay and where are we now we're nearly going into february so in february i fly to winchester and I come in and I do a three-day workshop or something with your students, okay? They get to know me. I get to show them some work. And they're like, oh, he's a real laugh. And he's always very entertaining, et cetera. And he's like, you know, quite a laid-back style of teaching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also very knowledgeable. And, you know, he's got this library that he's building, et cetera. And then about two weeks later, I do a Zoom thing, right? It would be completely different. Yeah. Because they would have met me, we'd have gone out for some drinks, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then two or three weeks later, I could drop in and say, right, let's do a critique and we'll use the internet, et cetera. And that would work because we'd be, we'd really be blending it properly, yeah. right? And I think that that would work actually next year as an experiment. We should try it if we can actually make that work, right? Um, because I think like two or three days of workshopping with your students would give them a different perspective, right? But then we'd be able to continue that work using the using Zoom and stuff, yes, right? Yes, and I think and everyone would be But just removing, re- yeah, and remove, but removing the whole uh, context is really difficult. So- just to continue with that theme, last year at this point in time, I was in Propel and we we hit the ground running in January and it was like, go, go, go. And it was like nonstop. And one of the things was that we were all together for three months in that space yeah. uh, in all my bars. And then when we moved to the Zoom thing, it kind of worked because we all knew each other and we'd all met, et cetera. And so when, yeah, it wasn't as good when we moved to the to digital delivery but 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 it was okay because we all knew each other and we could trust each other in zoom yeah and so we could drop into zoom and say hey i thought you looked a little bit out of sorts in that last video call are you all right and that other person could say yeah i'm actually dying here i'm just really dreading the pandemic etc and that was that that was kind of what happened whereas i was talking today to one of the people who are mentoring on the new propel cohort they're never going to meet each other at all yeah yeah I mean, because our lockdown's been extended until March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, yeah, we don't. It's, yeah, I'm not sure what. I don't know what's happening in England exactly, but anyway, it's all a bit weird. What's happening in England is Boris Johnson said today that it will be until the end of February before they even start to think about anything, and then the first priority would be getting schools back, and that <laughs> would take about two weeks to organise, discuss, prepare, etc. And at the earliest, obviously, if they started to think about doing that, that wouldn't be happening until the beginning of March. Yeah. And then they would have that two week period. So you'd be talking at least the middle of March. Yeah. And that's is... for school. Yeah, that's school. Whereas in Northern Ireland, where, 
in Northern Ireland, we've gone full lockdown till the 5th of March. Okay, I mean, we yeah. just heard it two days ago. We were supposed to be going back into OB or, or Mobas. I think it was like this week or next week. It was probably next week because it was February. And they just come out and said, sorry, guys, we're actually going to keep doing it. And in Ireland, they've actually been floating the idea of adopting a New Zealand model where you come in, you go into the hotel, you stay there for two weeks and, and that's it, right? You have to pay for it. And it's like a ring of steel. The problem with that is because of Northern Ireland and, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I think I'm supposed to, I'm, well, again, I think my, my cancelled last year holiday to Ireland That's right. was supposed, supposed to be like, I think, rescheduled for the end of May or something because of how you can extend Never your flights. Happen. And I was like, I don't think it's going to happen again. But no, I don't it's know not going to happen do. again. Because we've already like no. that was the that was the longest you could push back your flight or whatever. Yeah, um, I I, th- I think the reason that I felt so bad yesterday and ended up phoning my doctor. Um, I mean, I didn't even say to Kyra I was going to do it. I just got up like nine or ten or something, and I just thought I just need to phone the doctor. And thankfully, unbelievably, they actually had a slot. Yeah, no problem. We'll just get him to ring you. And I was like, what? Because normally it's like ring, ring, ring for hours, you know, and then you say, hi, can I speak to Dr. Crawford? Can I get a call back from Dr. Crawford? And they're like, <laughs> what are you, crazy? Of course not. You know, whereas they were like, yeah, no problem. And I was like, what? Uh, but I mean, I just, it's the, it's the unending claustrophobia. Yeah, yeah. It's That's horrendous. background noise. That's the thing I think is that people have not necessarily understood is that, um, you know, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but it's this idea of, you know, you have you have these modes of thinking, don't you? Where you kind of the defuse mode, where you're in the shower, thinking, and this background noise of the uh, potential of death everywhere, or anyone you know maybe dying at varying scales of of closeness. It's just like mm. you go to the shop, and you, like normally I'd walk to the shop and be thinking about whatever I walk the dog, but in the back of your mind, there's also like, don't get too near that person. Have you got your mask? What happens if that mm. thing you touched had some sort of virus on it? And you know, mm, etc. Yeah. You might come home, bring it, give it to someone. It's like. And that just like occupies the back of your brain. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said um, they were working on something, a memorial type thing. Uh, And I said, who's this for? And they were like, oh, it's for so-and-so. Yeah, his wife uh, committed suicide not long after the lockdown started. I was like, whoa. And I've heard lots of stories like that. And it's kind of like, it's not great. You know, people are really struggling. Anyway, we slightly drifted. Sorry, that was my fault. Um, Yes, no, but I it's think this idea right. of have you know it's an idea that we want to be surrounded by community, isn't it? And that's in general yeah. terms. But of course, when we are making things or trying to design things or whatever, that community and that's why it's about situated. That thing about situated learning is you're situated in a space that has lots of people working together to try and figure out you know all kinds of bits and pieces. I think there's one of the ones, the other quotes which I we. Um, yeah, it was communities of practice are groups of people who share a concern or a passion for something they do and learn how to do it better as they interact regularly. And then there's this other one where it's um, oh, it's the zone of proximity. Again, I can't remember who, who what, which educational theorist this was, but this idea that um, being connected to peers and sort of and learned others in a zone of proximity is also what pushes kind of things on and forward. And we definitely the tools that we've got at the moment are not i don't think they really do that i mean it's not too when you've got a couple of people on zoom it's all right but once you get a few people there becomes it's really tricky if everyone isn't very zoom etiquette focused in terms of when they talk when they stop you know 
and all that kind of stuff and it gets quite you can be quite a struggle to listen to whereas if you're in a mm-hmm. studio and people are chatting and whatever you can kind of just have those conversations happen much more organically they're less stilted and i think that definitely yeah that that was one of my points to one of the people in the school of design yesterday or i was chatting to somebody and uh, you know and i'm i talk about mental health quite openly so you know i do say to people oh, i had to speak to my doctor and get my antidepressants increased um because i think if we talk about that more openly then people don't stigmatize it quite as yeah. much um and also you find out that people are like hey if you need to talk to someone i'll happily talk to you you know and i'm like yeah me too you know if you need to talk to anyone too um and so that's great um and i've totally forgotten what i was going to say uh, there was some really important point there and i've totally forgotten what i was, what I was talking was. about the fact that i know what it was it was about serendipity and what i was saying to, to it was ben it was ben um ben seymour who's doing storius have you seen that app that no. he's working on mm-hmm. so storius is um it's like a photo sharing app, but family first. And so you oh. have circles of people. So for example, I could, if I just take my family, for example, Kara, myself, Ross and Caitlin, right? We could be like a circle and we'll share mm. stuff within that. Yeah. And then we could have like a wider circle with say, for example, grandparents, aunts, uncles, etc. And then we could have friends. And so you've got these different social units that you're prepared to share stuff with. Right. And then there's the public who you might not really want to share that much with. But instead of it being like Instagram, where you share everything and you have followers and you have likes and all that, it's the opposite of that. It's mm. kind of like it's for families to share photos together in a way that they can share their embarrassing photos as a family. They can share a less embarrassing photos as a bigger family. And then they can share other stuff with people who are outside their family. It's a really good idea. Um, and Ben is, is uh, I think, I hope it's his focus this year to work on it because it's, a, it's really an idea that's time has come. But Ben is so busy working on his job that Storius is kind of, you know, a bit behind. Yeah, but what was I was another- saying to him, about the serendipity thing was you know you don't have that on zoom when you go on to zoom you go on to zoom say right i'm going to talk to you for an hour for a podcast or i'm going to talk to you for an hour for a coaching call or i'm going to talk to you you know so you don't have that kind of like accidentally walking past someone's desk seeing that they're working on something interesting Mm -hmm. and saying whoa what's that you're working on that looks really fascinating you should go and you know so it's very hard to engineer those moments of serendipity in this media. Yeah. In this I mean, media. One, one thing I'm going to try, but I don't know if it's going to work because I know that we've got to be back into this lockdown was I was like, okay, I need to make a bit, have a bit more of an injection of stuff in terms of what we're doing on teams or Slack or whatever, just to kind of get the, the studio day up and running. So I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start the day with like a, a game of categories so everyone has to play so we all play one round of categories just to kind of get everyone thinking which is basically a list of categories list of things come up and you've got like so many you know a minute and a half whatever to basically write down something against every item like a place okay. or whatever and then you only get a point if you are the if, if you've if you're the only person with that response so if it was like a landmark in new york how long is this going to take no, it doesn't take that long. It does, it's like you do one round, it will take like a couple of minutes, you know. But then to go around the room, obviously, is a little bit quicker. But once someone says the answer, you strike it off yours and you just see how many points you've okay. left. So okay. that kind of so I thought, well, that kicks off the day just to get people thinking and awake. Uh, and then what I thought I was going to do was just say, look, team, Teams is going to be open today because everyone could be on here. But these are the groups that I'm talking to. Here's the students. But what I want you to do 
is just like you can turn your camera off carry on with your work but just leave it in the background with the audio running so you can hear the conversations mm -hmm. that we're having with the other yeah. teams and if you want to chip in at any point you can just chip in and yeah you know, that, that was that, that was one of the things or a text that was one of the things that Ben said. He said, you know, do you want to do like an open mic thing and just leave your mic open? And we all just leave our mic open. And I was like, yeah, okay, I could try that. But I just don't think it will replace the, the physicality of work. You know, where no. you walk around and, you know, like for me on my watch, I get that thing every minute that's uh, not every minute, yeah. every hour that says stand up. So I kind of go around and end up talking to people, you know, but you're yeah, not going mean, to have I'm that. I think I might, I mean, again, I think I might try and do some silly things like, because well, I'm obviously going to be on there all day talking to all the students because I have to, right? And they are only going to be talking to me for their slots because that's pretty much how semester yeah. two works. But I reckon I'm just going to do things like, you know, an hour in or whatever, unless we like, right, I'm going to walk around my garden and like just have the video and just wander around or whatever. You know, I don't know. I might just maybe I'll walk the dog and say, look, I'm walking the dog now. You can follow it live or just, you know, and tell everyone to have a break or something. I just think there's got to be some ways just to make it so that it's not just a dead space. And then yeah, I think, I think end... that's an issue. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm going to end the day with like, there's a, there's a mad like Pictionary kind of online thing you can do where you've got to guess one person draws and everyone else, and the fastest person guesses gets gets the most points or whatever so i think that's my plan i mean that works with game students because they'll be into the games just because they're silly yeah um and i just thought because we did it again this is like you touched on earlier it was when the first lockdown happened we had like maybe seven weeks of teaching left a small amount of teaching yeah um, yeah and so it was quite everyone was kind of the end of the year so it's like okay it's pretty focused we can just have fun get it done and it worked really well and we mitigated and it was it was pretty all right um but an entire semester followed by probably a half and more semester of being like this has just been a killer like in terms yeah, of like yeah. it just losing that momentum because we did have interest to deliver it. yeah out of interest without getting stuck into the politics of it are oh, your no. students um complaining about the cost etc and what they're getting uh, not to me. for that money not to me it's interesting because i found that caitlin was quite you know before christmas particularly they had a kind of uh they had a sit out type protest where they all sat in a quite a spaced out grid you know saying you know nine and a half grand or whatever was yeah. way too much for what they were getting um, you know, and they should get some kind of a refund. And I think I feel as a parent and also now someone who's not in the university anymore, I really feel for those students because, you know, they are spending a lot of money and they're not getting what that is. And yeah. the, you know, there's this problem that the government is saying, well, actually that's down to the universities and the universities are thinking we have literally no money, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, so, I've been, sorry. I've been to, no, I think there's, I mean, I don't, but I'm sure there are students, I mean, I'm sure there are students within the university of Southampton who've, uh, saying the same sort of things and whatever um but i think this answer is pretty simple in my mind the government need to basically pay for their year for uh, job done the government should just wipe out everybody's fees for the year but they i agree i mean they're going to pay it. for it anyway they're going to pay yeah. for it anyway right yeah um exactly. and i think just it's like... also going to have a major impact for next year because you know when Caitlin said to us that if it was still like this next year she wouldn't go back to college she would take a year out i was thinking like and this was before Christmas. And I was thinking, of course, you'll be back by then. Now I'm thinking, uh, maybe not, actually, <laughs> you know, because I watched Leo Varenka, who was the Taoiseach of Ireland yesterday, saying, you know, if we're going to do the hotel thing, this will be lasting for about a year. And yeah, I was thinking, yeah. what? You know, yeah. and so but we can have win. this again in September. Yeah, the government's I think the, the problem is the government never talked about universities, but it's an easy win as far as I'm concerned. The government just wipes off this year's worth of fees. 
all this, you know, the, stu the stress goes out of that for the students. They're not worrying about that kind of thing. Sure, there's other issues with accommodation and whatever, but at least it yeah. would remove one level of stress. They'd be like, oh, well, at least, you know, the government have paid the 10 grand fee, job done. You know, a lot of tension would disappear from staff. Yeah, and you know, because I'm sure there's staff fielding loads of questions about that stuff. They can't answer, you know, and, and it means the university won't go bust. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, but it, it's too simple. And the students also would uh, would appreciate that, I think, that gesture. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know. It's like a furlough scheme, but just do it for the students. If you effectively yeah. give them the money for the year. But I, So simple. returning to Megaversity, Somerset yeah. House, uh, how do you get into it? You have to apply. Do you apply? Yeah, you have to apply, and there are there's certain criteria. Um, and same with Somerset House Studios, which is a separate thing, but similar-ish. You are you can apply, um, and you get certain discounts to begin with, I think. But you're only allowed to be in there for a certain period of time. So it's it's a it's a startup space. You know, you can only be there for the first X number of years of your um, starting up. Yes. And 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 then I think if you want to stay in some of the bits of it, they have other bits. You have to up. You have to upgrade to the the other bit. Is this <laughs> is it in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Somerset House is just near Waterloo. I know, but do you not find that some of these things are a bit frustrating that it's all happening in London? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think it is all happening in London. That's just an example of one space. I think there are other okay. spaces, actually, but they do similar models. Um, I know right. there are a few in Southampton, uh, somewhere, obviously, the Barclays Labs thing. IBM yep, have got yep, something yep. connected to the. So there's definitely more of them. I was just mainly using that as an example because I just thought I love the idea okay. of the board of all the makers and I could instantly walk in as a guest and be like, okay, I want to find someone who knows something about Lego or whatever. And you can be like, mm, okay, that person, I don't, you know, um, I just quite like that idea. And I just, it was only today because it was, we were having this conversation came up on the school of design. Um, yeah. It might be interesting like, oh, to, what? you know, I need to know more about yeah. them. Yeah. It might be interesting to do it. Do you think it would be like, let's say you've got Dermot, Steve, Steve B, Adam, um the nigerian lady who joined us yesterday whose name i can't remember caroline we've got lots of different people do you think it would be good that i wrote a little bio of each person so it was consistent or do you think they should write their own bio i just think you give them a template for consistency and they write their own okay so you maybe you do yours and then maybe i do mine and then everyone follows that template what if um i partnered everybody and i said okay I'd like Adam, you well, could cool. you write something for Chris? And then Chris, could you write something for Adam? And then I need you to meet each other and uh That'd be talk. a good way. That'd be a good way of doing it, actually. Yeah, that's a really I think, good way. I think that would be quite a cool way of doing it. Um, yeah, I'm now thinking I, I should have done it that way. <laughs> that's a much yeah, <laughs> Well, when I do my when I do my social media workshops, I might do this for your students, actually. Um, I, you know, go in. I, this started with Cairo students, actually, because they were silversmithing, jewellery and ceramics. And I'd say, hands up if you know what you do, you know, at the start. They were in year two, towards the end of year two. And they'd all go like, yeah, yeah, of course I know what I do. And I say, great. OK, now what you're going to do is you're going to explain it to someone else. You're going to tell them what you do. And I would pair them up and I'd say, right, you are going to be, uh, you know, to tell Adam in two minutes what you do. And then Adam, you're going to tell Chris in two minutes what you do. And then when you come back, you're going to be the other person. So you, ha you have to communicate so that they can be you. 
right? And then it always happens that someone, there's a man and a woman, and I say, oh, you know, it's a man in a, trapped in a woman's body, and everyone has a bit of a laugh. It's probably really, really bad what I'm saying. You probably shouldn't say it. But anyway, it's all good fun. And they realize that they don't actually know what they yes. do. You know, they go, oh, okay, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I actually don't. Uh, and then they start to, some of them realize that what they describe is there's, they do ceramics, for example. And I'm like, well, like lots of people do ceramics. What, mm. what, what exactly are you interested in, you know, conceptually, you know, is your work have a particular focus? And then they, they then start to separate it because up, up until that point, they've described themselves as a jeweler. Uh, or a silversmith or a ceramicist and i'm like okay so if you take care it's like a silversmith who explores the landscape of tableware you know it's like great that's a really good picture and then i get them to do that in the for the other person and then what we do is we get them to use that to make a twitter bio for the other person and i think that would be really cool because you would get people would be introduced to each other and we could sort of say look this is a kind of um you know, no rush kind of for the next week. Yeah. Uh, everybody needs to meet one other person. And yeah, then what I could do, breaker, isn't it? yeah, I could introduce the people in a DM thing. I could set up like say you and Steve, cause I did that today and say, Hey folks, uh, it's me. I want to get people mixing a bit more, a bit more of an icebreaker. So I want you to introduce it. And I explain what it is. And then I do that yeah. for every single person. And then if there's one left over, yes, if there's one left over, I do that person or something. And then I put together a page on the School of Design's private library where you've got like everybody's stuff. And it should have a a picture and a sort of Twitter bio. So it's really short, right? Um, And then maybe some hashtags or something. Yeah, some tags or like skills or i'm interested in or whatever yeah okay i think that sounds pretty cool the other good yeah, one is to I mean, get um, pronouns on there as well get people, everyone to put their, their pronouns because that helps a lot yeah i hadn't thought of that but that's actually quite good as well so if everyone does it then it does make a big difference it helped me i know that that's just then everyone knows the score in that sense which is always important yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So I can put together a list of stuff. I might throw that out actually tomorrow night in the workshop stuff that we do and say, I'm thinking of doing this and just see what the general consensus is. And if people say yes, then I'll I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, think that was, would be quite cool. I mean, yeah, I think I'll start to build this community of practice because that's what, that's what yeah. you want, you know. And obviously the thing with the School of Design is those people are never going to meet, are they really? You know, there'll be well, a... You never know. You, know. you never know. I mean... You know, like I've been, I think I wrote actually somewhere in the, was it in the School of Design? Uh, Wait, um, last night, do the work. Yeah, did you not, you maybe hadn't joined, but I, oh, can you share the screen sharing? Can I share my screen? Uh, Yeah. I wrote this thing in the mid 1990s. Oh no, I did see this. Because there was yeah, this, yeah. there's this link to like a modern friend, uh, and I was like, "What? That, like that modern friend idea is not that modern. It goes back to the 90s." Um, and that guy came and stayed with me. Um, nobody really replied to that. I think they probably thought, "What's gone on with Chris? He's lost his mind." Um, but yeah, that cool. guy came and stayed with us, and I was like, "Oh my word!" And Kara said, "You didn't write in the thing that he was a complete tosser," and I was like. Well, I was going to write that. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. 
I thought the line that said Kara wasn't best pleased probably was enough of an indication that, you know, it didn't go very well. But you never know. You can meet. You, sometimes you can meet. Oh, no, those I, people, of course I you do. I mean, that, and I've met lots of people like, I've, through Twitter and then met them in person for sure. I'm just, I'm just thinking in terms of like, not that the pandemic, but just that the generally the people on the school design, yeah. unless they go out of their way, there's not. You haven't built in necessarily a, a physical meetup. I mean, a lot again, a lot yeah. of the. Well, I mean, they, again, I haven't looked at this for a long time, but a lot of the MOOCs, a lot of the multi, the massively open online courses, particularly in the States, used to have a thing where basically everyone would, like, go somewhere, so they would all meet. You know, it'd be thousands of people or whatever. I don't know how many of, the, of these uh, did it, but it would be like a case of they do a whole course, massively online course, but at some point there was, like, basically, okay, on the 25th of January we're all going to drive to Yellowstone Park and and, and say and I meet and other than just a meet which is quite interesting so maybe the school design yeah. has to have like some sort of um school of design like barbecue or something I don't know <laughs> I don't know I I have an idea about that but I used to be part of a, an Apple community which was above Avalon and you had to pay for that it was like $200 a year and he used to do that. He used to say, I'm going to WWDC and we'll do the usual yes. yearly meetup. Because it was an Apple thing, quite the chances of a lot of people being at that Apple thing was quite high. Yeah, um, yeah. And I always you know, I always looked at it and thought, I'd love to go to that. But, you know, I was never at WWDC. Yeah. Um, and I thought yeah. it'd be interesting to base to those names. You know, yeah, Microblog uh, did the same thing. They, for two years, they had a meetup at WWDC, which was cool. But I was like, I'm never going to go to WWDC because yeah, yeah, like it's way yeah. too much money to go there, um, and it's not well, it's not what it used to be anyway. It's a marketing show, isn't it? Really, the I mean, yeah. even WWDC to some degree, um, it's not the same. Uh, but I did think, oh, I would be. But then, that, but the nice thing was what they then did, and I don't think it's happened, was there was some other people saying, oh, we can do a we can do a version of that, but a meetup in London. So it depends uh-huh. on how big the community is. So you can have annual meetup thing. But it's, it's mm-hmm. geographically specific, you know. Or the other thing is we get everyone like on Edward Snowden screens and they're <laughs> driving around like little robots. <laughs> should be fine. Oh, I don't know. I Before the pandemic came along, I kind of had this idea that um, the Design Your Future course, which is something we're doing on Thursday, it's not quite what I'd anticipated it to be. If we'd been in a room, I think it would be quite different because um, we ran it in a, in a form last year in January in the art school okay. uh, with some of the people who are, who are doing it in, in the evenings on Thursday evenings. Um, and I always thought that I'd run that as a three day event in Belfast. So it would be like, you know, fly over on a Thursday, for example, uh, I'll book us a, a space like in the Mac or something. And we'll do, Thursday and Friday we'll workshop and then Saturday we just meet up and have lunch and go for a drive or whatever and you know I can take people to the airport and stuff and I thought that if I did something like that for design your future which was like you know future focused and what's your goals and what you want to and for me that was about meeting people in the real world and it was also thinking Belfast could be quite a nice place because the cost of living is quite low and you know if everybody came here it would be cheaper um but you can't you just I couldn't see you being able to do that until 2022. Yeah. And even then it would be a struggle. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think even then people would be cautious. And also I think because things can't, because some people will be like, well, we can do it online. There will be some reluctance to be like, well, why are we fly? You know, why, why are we f- flying people for starters? Obviously that's an issue. You know, the fact that I was supposed to fly to Ireland doesn't, does bother me because I'd rather have gone on the boat. But, um, 
it was basically where we want to go. It's just it would be I mean, mean hiring a car and etc. And it would be way bigger journey than it's worth. So it, flying in terms of ease is good, but I don't particularly want to fly. And do you think that that will still be the case in twenty twenty two? Well, I would always, I would consider my flight, I would consider stuff now, especially oh, yeah. in that sense, because I, from an environmental point of view, I'd be like, okay, do I actually need, to, how much of a benefit is it going to be for me to actually be there? What are my options to get there in the most environmental So the, the other option, the other option I'd looked at for that was to do it in Manchester or somewhere like that, because I don't want to do it in London, because everything happens in London. And it was like, if I flew to Manchester, that's probably the most central place, right? Because yeah. it's kind of in the middle. Yeah, yeah uh, And it would involve one flight from me uh, instead of 20 flights to come, say, to Belfast, right? The only reason I thought Belfast would be nice was because I know Belfast can take people to places they haven't seen. Oh, it's nice. I mean, um, I, I, you know, yeah. I'd fly over there just because it's nice and, and you're there. But you know what I mean? But it would be kind of like... Yeah. It could I wonder, work. in. do you think in 2022 people will, you know, with, let's say, with widespread vaccination and stuff, people will still be worried about meeting and mixing and... I'd hope not. Getting a plane? I don't... Well, if you're vaccinated, and even if someone on that plane wasn't, I don't think you'd be worried about it, would you? If you were vaccinated, yeah. So if I've been yeah, vaccinated, I... but some people, some people for what have made different decisions, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. And they're on the plane. I'm not that I'd know. I don't think I'll be. Yeah. I don't think I'd be thinking. I hope everyone on this plane has been vaccinated, because I'm kind of thinking. Well, I'm because probably... you're already vaccinated. Yeah, because I'm as protected as I can be. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. They might extend making us wear masks for a bit longer on those kind of things, just in case. Um, it is yeah, I mean, there, so that's a bit of a weirdness, isn't it? I mean, I would definitely well, no, well, not get on a plane. People were getting on planes in the last year. I, don't, I would just wouldn't do it. No way. Caitlin has got a couple of flights, and it's been, you know, I would just be freaking out. Insane. It's just yeah. you know, like even with a mask, it's recirculated air or whatever, and yeah, just and it's also been the plane has been full of people, you know. Um, one of the one of the the uh, founders from the. Uh, propel was flying back from the canaries the canary islands so his wife is spanish and she lives in the canary islands not sure which one and he was getting a flight from the canary islands to london and then another flight from london to somewhere and then a flight from there to to belfast and on the canary islands flight it was kind of like one person no no no, you know a person nobody nobody a person so each row was like two people and it was like really staggered right uh, and it was also masks and, you know, proper serious stuff. And then when he got on the flight to Belfast, it was like, welcome, motherboard. And, you know, it was like, no, there were no empty seats. There were people who were getting on with no masks. And they were like being told, you got to put this mask, this mask on. <laughs> and, oh, my word, it was crazy. Chaos. And then I've also heard stories of people as well who've been, you know, the only time you don't wear the mask is when you're eating. So I've heard r- stories in the paper, et cetera, of people who are trying to eat as slowly as possible so that they don't have to wear their mask. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Yeah, you know, I heard something stupid like someone, with, someone with a coffee or whatever. And they were like, had their mask off. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm drinking a coffee. And there's like, this no, like there's nothing there or whatever, you know what I mean? Make it last for as long yeah. as possible. I'm like, what is your problem? It's so weird, you know, I mean, 
did I tell you when I went into the Apple store, the one time I got in and went upstairs with my computer? Oh, yes, yes. It was, it was my iPad. And I went like, literally, I was just about to take off my mask to drink. And I suddenly thought, oh, maybe I should check. And I was like, can I lift my mask to drink this drink? And she was like, no. Uh, yeah. And she said, we go to a special area out the back. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, when I so went I to get my phone. Half an hour. I managed to get my phone changed during the mid, like in the lock, you know, when the lockdown, just before the second lockdown came, because it got, cause it, the dog tripped me over, basically, and I scratched up the iPhone 12 Pro, and I was annoyed about it. Um, and I was like, oh, my word, I've got to get, like, get it replaced. In the end, um, yeah, I couldn't even go in the store. I had to get a special appointment. Uh, I had to go to a store. Really? Where they had a, they had to go, I had to go to a store where they had a replacement of my phone, because it's like the largest iPhone 12 Pro in terms of storage. Um, it's not the large, it's not the large whatever they call their large one. Um, and they basically, Max. yeah, it's not that. And then basically I had to queue. They checked I had an appointment. I gave them my phone. They looked at it and agreed that they were happy that, oh, you know, there was cosmetic damage. Um, and, oh, they ran a test before I brought it in just to check that it, none of the components were damaged. And they said basically because it's so new, they can't even replace the clock. They can't, they can't even replace the front of it because that's only done in some like of the lockdown places you know some of the factories or whatever so they do they had to okay. get a new phone so they basically i had to, had to stand outside the apple store they came to me gave him the phone he looked at it he went away into the store like so i'm outside and then he brought out the new phone gave it to me you know checked that it would like, huh? work to whatever and that was it i wouldn't you couldn't even go in the store and then it was shut. Wow. It's been shut since. So I was like, made it just in time. Otherwise, I would have had to as soon as it. it opened, as soon as it opened, I took my um, iPad straight down there um, because I wanted to get that sorted. Uh, the first day I took it and they were like, oh, you don't need to do that. You just, uh, we've got an express service. And I was like, really? And they said, yeah, go home and send it. And I was like, oh, all right. Got home and there was like, there was no express service. So I had to bring in the frigging thing back the next day. But I made a point of going in there to get it fixed. Because I think I've got a box here. They, they, said, they were asking me to send it to somewhere in the Midlands or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I could probably do that. And then I was like, but I won't have a phone for like up to 10 days, according to this. And I haven't got, I've got, like, I think the all my other iPhones have been given to like, you know, the EV or Samantha or whatever. I think the only iPhone that I've got that has not got anyone in use is the, is the original iPhone, which is in a drawer down here. And I'm like, well, that ain't going <laughs> to work. So I was like, okay, could I survive without a phone for a week? And then you start thinking about, okay, messages, okay, WhatsApp. And then I thought, oh, okay, some yeah. people like yourself are on WhatsApp. And I'm like, okay, WhatsApp needs the phone to be active. And it just means I will literally be having to say, don't, you know, I will not be contactable for a week. And I was just thinking that ain't going to yeah. work. So, yeah, basically I just thought just sort it out. Although I'll tell you one thing. I just thing thought is, that. I, yeah, this is my last bit of silly Apple news. Okay, so obviously they replaced my entire phone, but my volume up button isn't as clicky as my volume down button, which is a light, slightly annoying. But I've read a few people saying the same things about the iPhone 12 Pro. The volume up button is just like, it doesn't click as much. It's fine. Yeah, where's my phone? Oh, my phone's inside. What? So you press it and it doesn't have a clicky feel? No, it's just softer than the bottom, the, the volume down. It's a bit annoying, but I don't press it enough to be that bothered about it. But I was just like, oh, I hope this doesn't break. And then I, I Googled what? it. It's quite specific. There's a couple of other people saying, oh, you know, of course, they're like, I'm going to get it changed. And other people are like, well, it's not even, it's not really an issue, is it? And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to bother because it's not an issue. But 
Um, it's just you know because also the other thing is like we were talking about last time. How is how is how is the how is the twelve the iPhone twelve? I love it. You know, because it's it fast. It's good. I love the wide camera, the 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 one that does the wide view. I don't use it. I have yeah. to be honest, I don't use the camera enough. But whenever I remember the zero point five. Yeah, whenever I remember it has that view, I'm like, give me that view because it just you can see it's more like what yeah. you see. <laughs> so that's quite cool. And I used it yesterday on a Zoom call in the front room because I could make it wide enough so we could see everyone on the sofa, which was good. The, so uh, earnings, knows. the earnings must have been good. I'm just looking at it here because uh, the earnings are today, I think, um, and the share price is at one four three. Exactly. I don't know for for Apple. Good. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, oh, there's my pension. Sorted. Is that just because you paid it yeah. in Apple? Yeah, that's what my whole pension is in Apple. Um, so <laughs> it. it's, uh, I don't know how many shares. Look, I've got 1671, 1671. Um, and I bought those shares probably, I don't know. I bought them for a lot less than what they cost now. Of course. Um, yeah. And yeah. And then I put my savings in there as well. So. Nice. And I was toying with the idea of cashing some of this out to lock some of it in just in case the price kind of came back down again. But I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't even know on that kind of stuff, to be honest. I wouldn't even like have a clue. Oh, the, way, the way I've done it is just leave it. You know, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. I just leave it. I leave it yeah. until I need it when, when we retire. Um, so and I feel Bitcoin like if I... Yet, though? Or whatever. Not you yet, no. get some cryptocurrency. Yeah. I, I have started a Coinbase account, which is proving to be a real shag to get because you've got to put in proof of identity. Yeah, I'm just on the proof of identity stage on the other one, the Kraken okay. one it's called. The Kraken one, yeah. And so with one of them, I used, tried to use my driving license, uh, which it said was okay, but then it said it wasn't okay. And I'm like, oh. I can't use my passport because my passport's expired. Oh. So, okay, yeah. I haven't tried it. That's the next step. It said to verify identity i was like, I'm going to try it but i've got my passports in date so probably be so okay. i think that with my passport if it's expired it probably won't count um yes. but then i mean some of the stuff i've been reading has said that bitcoin's going to go up to a million per coin i don't know yeah something's going on i don't know but i also didn't under, i mean i don't understand because i was looking at it, i was like okay how, if i can't even afford like a i'm thinking oh, can i even afford one bitcoin and then i'm like you, okay, do, you don't you don't you get buy one bitcoin, bitcoin. You can yeah, just yeah. get a bit of a Bitcoin. I think there was, know. I don't know whether they called it like shrapnel of a coin or something, but it was like, and I then, know, then I didn't it, understand this other website said something about different types of cryptocurrency. So I was like, okay, so some are cheaper Bitcoin, than others, aren't they? And then you've got Bitcoin Cash, which is different. And then you've got Ethereum. It's really complicated. Do you know what I would I suggest? Know about Ethereum. Have you got um, Have you got Amazon Prime? Yeah. Just watch one of the Bitcoin crypto videos and it'll explain it. There's a really oh, right. good one called, yeah, hang on a second. Um, so tab. It's annoying though, because it? like if, like, so Vinay Gupta, who's one of the people at Ifrium, I met him years ago um, when he came to give a talk just about um, Hexia, which I don't, I'm sure maybe we talked about this before, but the Hexia is the, is the, is, um, it's basically shelter you could build yourself in we did talk about this and maybe on one of the minus episodes it's basically a shelter you can build yourself in the event of an like an emergency so if there's a flood or earthquake or whatever okay. and he designed an open source version of this of this structure that could be built 
and basically you could just fly it over a disaster zone, drop the pieces of it off because it was lightweight, and you could just basically build it with gaffer tape. And he came and did like a fine art project where he got the students to build one, and they gave a talk, which was great, really interesting. Interesting thing was NGOs really hated it because it basically meant they couldn't deploy loads of people they could, uh, you know, get money for and all this kind of. It was really bad. Uh, no anyway, way. yeah. Um, but he he's one of the Ethereum guys, and um, I'm sure he Ethereum. Probably, yeah, yeah, and he I, I um, I'm not sure what his role is, but he's pretty high up there. But honestly, I'm sure he probably talked about Bitcoin then. I wish I just bought one then because they were probably like 5p or something. And I was like, if I just bought one, like when I first yeah. heard about it, I'd be loaded. <laughs> I know. And do you know what? There was some Bitcoin. Nicholas, Nicholas used to work for a Bitcoin company. Um, can't remember what they were called. Bitnet, I think. And they were doing talks in the black box, which is where we used to do Refresh Belfast. And one of the talk things they were doing, they were just giving away a free Bitcoin if you just came. You know, if you just came, they would give you a Bitcoin because they had bought like a bunch of Bitcoin. Let's say it was like a pound ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was really low. And they were like, look, we may as well just give away Bitcoin because that will attract people to come. And I remember I was looking back thinking like, why? Why didn't I go to that talk no. and get some of those bloody coins? And the last time I looked <laughs> at Bitcoin, seriously thinking to buy it was it was three grand. Uh, and I'm now thinking like, why? Why did I not buy some? How much you know, is it now? And that's. It's like 30 or something. Um, <laughs> it's mad. So, Bitcoin price. Uh, but the thing is, there's loads of people who will help you. It's at 22. It's at 22 is where it's at. I just want uh, my... Just even, if I had 50 quid of Bitcoin or something, that would be quite fun just to see what happens. I don't want it. I don't know. But that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I transferred a bit of money into my account so I could shove in like 200 quid or something. Yeah, just you to know, see what happens. mess around. Yeah. So it was sitting at one point at 30 grand. Okay. 30,000 pounds to one Bitcoin. It's now at 22,000 pounds. Yeah. So it does vary so, quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. But, um, oh, so what's this Bitcoin? And those people locked out 30K. Yeah. That's when people uh, freaked yeah. out. And then it, yeah. But they got cranked back up, didn't it? People freaked out. They dropped under something and they were cranked up to 40 or something at one point or something. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Something weird. It's really complicated in the sense that, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that the it's not as simple as you just sign up, you get your account, you cash it in, you cash it out. You know, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. You know, I think it, it doesn't get to sort of like a million pound of Bitcoin and you go, right, get that, give us that million quid. It's like not quite that. <laughs> no, no. But I, mean, I think it's a bit of a stocks and shares type thing, isn't it? Somehow. But I don't. Yeah. But with my Apple shares, right, that they're sitting at that price that you saw a minute ago i could cash those in anyone could work out the price because they know it's 1671 yeah. shares um i could cash in that 190 grand and, and i could have that 190 grand in my bank tomorrow i mean yeah i could do that t- tonight yes. if i want to yeah, yeah, but yeah. i don't think it's quite as simple with bitcoin okay yeah i think it you know the last time it was at whatever it was people were complaining they couldn't get the money out etc and loads of people got locked so, out, didn't they? Because they forgot passwords and stuff. So there's a few billion or whatever floating around that no one can access or something. Why don't they just give that to all the other Bitcoin users? They should do, you know, what's they going to do with that stuck Bitcoin? Well, I suppose the principle remains like if you were the KLF and you took your million pounds and you burnt it, you know, <laughs> well, they can't give that million quid to someone else. I mean, it was burnt, you know? Yeah, I um, Same sort of just thing. Weird, I think yesterday... Or two days ago, there was an issue where they thought that the same Bitcoin had been spent twice, uh, which apparently is like a happen. completely 
finds the currency. But it turned out that what happened was the person had offered to buy something and the commission rate to do the transfer was too low. And so it was kind of held over here. And then someone else said, yeah, we'll take that thing. And this one was like, yeah, we'll take that. And it looked like they had both been spent. But actually, when the blockchain was kind of finished or whatever, I don't know. We don't even know what we're talking about. No. I just, I just want half a shekel of, I just want half a shekel of a Bitcoin to see if I can be a. <laughs> but I know what'll happen. You... I'll cash out. I'll cash out and it'll go up like five thousand the next day. That's what'll happen to me. Be like, yeah, look, Chris, I put in a fiver and I got fifty quid. And you'll be like, yeah, but today it's worth five grand. I'll be like, what? <laughs> That's what I don't know. Do you not think though that we should have some of that money? We should, we should be, we should gonna... at least like. Oh, 50 quid I'm, or something. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to do that Kraken thing because it looked pretty straightforward. I'm going to verify myself and then I'm going to look at it and try and work out what the things mean. And I'm going to buy one that looks like it's not like not 2p and not £2,000 and just see what one is, you know. Um, well, w- what I would say is We're there's technology. a video. Like if, I, if I didn't say that I've got a Bitcoin, I, how can I even call myself a technology person? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know everybody said that to me the other day when I started talking about buying some crypto, when it started peaking up, they were like, have you not got some? And I was like, I know, don't even ask me about it. <laughs> Fucking should have done it ages ago. Um, there's a film called Cryptopia, okay. Bitcoin, Blockchains and the Future of the Internet. That's, that's, it's pretty good. It's from 2020. And oh, Cryptopia, the, okay, like Utopia. But crypt- yeah. And the first part explains <laughs> stuck Bitcoin. In a <laughs> the first part explains Bitcoin. The next third explains blockchains, the whole blockchain yeah, yeah, technology. Yeah, okay. And the final bit talks about the future of the internet. And that's to do with identity and things like that. It's a really interesting film. I just watched yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, week. I did, so I did do some research on blockchain in the past because I thought blockchain might be a, a way to do sort of end-to-end encryption stuff and things, but it's too complicated. So, like I said, I'm yeah. Probably... So, oh yeah, so that's look the same that as that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got bit that is Bitcoin, right? But you've also got Bitcoin Cash. Oh, so yeah. make sure you get the right one, right? But I mean, look well, at I was the just gonna work I don't know what those things are, but I was just like, okay, I'll look at what the, you know. What, what's light? What that light, means? Light? No, I mean, what's Litecoin? That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> Litecoin was, you'll find out what that is if you watch the Cryptopia um, documentary, because that's mentioned. The rest of these are all other kinds of uh, currencies. Uh, You should watch something about this Tether one as well, because that caused a bit of a storm too. Um, I mean, there's loads of them. I mean, but what's the the, the deal with getting like one of the other ones that's called like, I don't know, Argon? Why would you buy Argon? you, you, You could buy, for example, Balancer, right? And it could be worth nothing in, you know, a week, you know? I don't understand. Yeah, okay. uh, I need to have a look at I might just buy some random one, roll a dice, and <laughs> just get one of the weird nose ones. Well, the, best the thing is, it. see these see these swings, right? Yeah. I mean, look at this. Look at the Whoa. swing. Okay, uh, you won't let me share my desktop. So <laughs> if you look at um, here, so the Apple share price is currently at 143, Okay. See the way watching it, it live, money. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> watching his money going up and down right live. Either <laughs> way, it's red and it says minus. No, oh, it's red. That is that's how much it's gone down, right? No, you just so lost. Like, you just lost twenty quid. Yeah. So today it's down by you know zero point one of a percent, right? Oh if I show you the other screen, right? 
look at the fluctuations here. I mean, things are dropping like 9%. I mean, that's a lot. That would be like if Apple lost a 10th of its value today. And, you know, it's it's so unstable over here. So you could theoretically buy yourself some Bitcoin and then sell it when it goes up 8% and buy it back when it goes down. Do you know, you could... Yeah, yeah, if you... you if you're quick on it or whatever, but I guess they have bots or, or brokers probably like the share market. Who do yeah. Stuff like that, you could know, probably, but... you could probably day trade that stuff and make some yeah. money, but that's just not the way I roll. But I think yeah. we should have some for goodness sake. And also I'm look at the market. Get some. I'm going to get the some market weird capitalization one. is uh, 467 billion euros. Right. And the thing about Bitcoin, if I understand it correctly from that, documentary is that there will only ever be this much you know there will never be more there won't suddenly agree oh that yeah, yeah have okay. some more. oh that's, um, that's what i was gonna whereas, say so i can't i can't make my own bitcoin like no noggin coin you could you could make your own coin yeah okay oh, that's what all those other coins are yeah 100 that's why, why you've got all these coins surely i'll be loaded then i just program one on my on my computer <laughs> you could like melon there's one called melon there's one called kava I mean, Madness. what the hell? Ethereum two zero. It's kind of value is market capitalization is zero. I don't Jeez. know. Polkadot. What the hell is that? Polkadot. Polkadot is a blockchain network designed to facilitate fast transaction confirmations. Yeah, I need to make sure I don't buy any that uh, little dodgy. I think that's why you've got to watch the video because um, Bitcoin is like a kind of monetary instrument and the blockchain is like a tool. Right. And so the reason that when I was watching that, and I may be totally wrong about this, but the reason that Ethereum looked interesting was it was more about the blockchain than the currency. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's that's why I looked at Ethereum because of the blockchain stuff. I was like, okay, how are they using blockchain? Can I use the blockchain or whatever? But it's it's way more complicated. So if everybody was using the Ethereum blockchain for for their transactions and to prove everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that would give it some stability as well. Yeah. Not just the monetary value of it, right? Because um, yeah, it can be. So, tra- it's the idea that you can trace every transaction, isn't it? With yeah, um, yeah, accuracy. But if you watch that video, um, I think it's that one. But there's a moment in one of the videos that I watched over the last two weeks um, when I started watching all this stuff, and Kara came in and she said, "I think you've got like Asperger's sy- syndrome, Chris, because you you know you just keep watching all these videos about Bitcoin, uh, you know." Because when I get into something, I really get into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of them said that some money had been spent and then they'd agreed that they would roll the Bitcoin thing, the blockchain back to unspend the money. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, I don't think that that sounded right to me, but anyway, I don't, I don't know. Think, I don't think you can do that because the ledger has, it should contain every transaction. That's the, that's the point, isn't it? There is a, a scene in one of the films I watched where they talk about the fact that the, some money was stolen or something happened and the, the, the ledger had been written, let's say, from here to here and they rolled it back so that this hadn't happened. And I was kind of no. like, yeah, I don't think you should do that. that. That sounds like it's fundamentally undermining trust in the currency. Yeah, um, interesting. So. Oh, well, I'll start and with I, Bitopia. I will watch that just because it might help. Cryptopia. Crypt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Cryptopia. Oh yeah, Cryptopia. Uh, <laughs> Bitopia, maybe that, something else. <laughs> I think the last part of the film, which is about the future of the internet, you'd find really interesting because it's actually quite about identity and stuff. And I thought that looked interesting. Anyway, we're hitting our hour. Uh, God, we. What did we talk about? 
load of waffle basically yeah i think so it's fine this episode you've been listening to uneducators you've been listening to the uneducators (laughs) yeah oh my word well no i think it's the thing for me i think is really important we just like a a schedule and then you know some we need to get the topics maybe ironed out but if we've got a schedule then we'll get there yeah i just think schedule is more important than anything i agree and like I was giving that advice to someone today because if you, do you know Atomic Habits by, um, yeah, you know, that guy who's, who's become super famous. He writes in the beginning of the book that he started a habit of writing on a, I think it's a Monday and a Thursday or something. So each week he would write two things, you know, here's an essay on this and here's an essay on that. Right. And they mostly do with productivity, et cetera. And within the first year, he had 3000 people on his mailing list. And then when the second year he had 40,000 or something, mm. and it was just that dung, 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 yeah. dung, you know, you've got to keep going. Sort well, of thing. I'll, I'll tell you, this will wrap, this will be the wrap it up thing actually. So I, obviously like last week I talked about that. I was going to look at Ulysses cause I was on the alpha. Oh yeah. And, yeah. 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 And micro blog. Yeah. So, um, there's been like three updates since I got it. So they've, they fixed loads of stuff, which is great. Um, a couple of things that weren't working for me, they fixed, but I could get it up and running and so um, it's been really good. And this, so, and the, an update came out today, and I don't, none of this is secret. They said it's fine, but obviously to understand it's, a, it's an alpha. Um, today, they, it's now you can use Ulysses to publish and edit WordPress. So you can have all of your stuff in your Ulysses, and then you publish it. And then if you want to edit it, you can open it up in Ulysses, edit it, and it will make the edits, which is cool. So a bit more oh, like so Mars. Oh, so like Mars edit? bit more like Mars edit, yeah. Uh, but they haven't introduced that yet for microblog. So at the moment, when you publish to microblog, it's a one-off thing. And then if you make an edit, you have to, you know, it, it would be a new post effectively. So what I'm doing at the moment, and they said that it's, they said that they are hoping to put that feature in, which they've done for WordPress. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, if they've done that for WordPress, it's probably coming, isn't it? Um, so what I'm doing at the moment is I'm just, I'm basically... If I want to publish an updated piece that's in my like effectively text now, which is a sequential piece of text, I'm basically just going to the microblog, deleting everything that's after the one I want, and just republishing those ones, but keeping the truth in okay. Ulysses, which is fine. It doesn't take too long. I can do it from my phone. I can do it from my from my Mac. But the cool thing is, it's just I can do it from my phone. I can do it from my Mac. <laughs> so when I'm out, I can throw some stuff into Ulysses. I know it's in there somewhere. I can sort it out yeah. and I can publish it, you know. So the only thing that I'm, the only thing, the only thing, and this is probably me being, is that I've got a VPS, like I've got my own server, which I can install like as many WordPresses as I want onto it because it's got space and whatever. And it does a bunch of other stuff. But I've bought another micro blog for my text, for my thesis document effectively, which I know yeah. is going to cost me like 50 quid a year or whatever. Um, and I'm almost like oh, it's another fifty quid. I could probably do it on a WordPress, but I don't really want to do it on a WordPress. So I think I'm going to stick with it. But uh, I wrote a whole thing about WordPress and insecurities yesterday. So um... yeah, I, know, I just like I don't like WordPress generally. But my, I wrote this whole thing about WordPress insecurities yesterday because it's got a reputation for that. And I was writing about serverless. Have you done a lot of serverless stuff? What does that mean? What do you mean? You're, serverless it's like you i'm writing some articles for little for tim and gabe at little thunder and one of them is on uh serverless and using a serverless approach towards building stuff so you don't maintain the server anymore you just 
you know, you're, you're paying for that like a service. Okay. Yeah. The server is a service essentially. Um, and then you sort of pay for what you need. So let's say like a million people came to your website, you would pay a million. Oh, know, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly only two people are coming, then you'd only pay like, you know, as opposed to paying for a server every year that costs you this much money. It's, it was kind of interesting. And obviously, and also with serverless, you've got like content distribution networks. So you've got like your stuff in a distribution network around the world. It's all kind of complicated. Anyway, I was writing about it yesterday. Which oh, is good right. because it's teaching me about serverless. Um, I'll let yeah, you I mean, know you have, when it's yeah. No, I think I, I, don't, I, I think I'll stick to the microblog for the second one, even though it cost me a bit more money. Because the thing I've found when I logged back into some of my WordPress things, I, I am using some for different things. Um, they're all like screaming like thousand billion updates, and I have to manage those because I'm not. It's not. I don't know whether I can make it auto update, but then I'm like, at least with microblog, <laughs> I don't need to do any of that. It's like I know that it's going to update. So that was one of the benefits that I was writing about with serverless. Maybe we should yeah. stop this recording 